This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. A study published last night, last night, last month by a left-leaning advocacy group, Third Way. The study was entitled The Red State Murder Problem. It stated that murder rates are far higher in Trump voting red states than in Biden voting blue states. The author of the third way study either intentionally neglected or simply don't understand that the criminal justice system within the 50 states is not a homogeneous nationwide system, but rather an amalgamation of thousands of microcosms consisting of federal, state and county and local law enforcement agencies and prosecutors and unique approaches to the enforcement of law, so says the Heritage uh, Foundation and the authors of a new study by the Heritage Foundation called The Blue City Murder Problem. Cully Stimson is one of the three authors of that study. He's on the phone with us right now. Cully, welcome to News and Views. Good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, was was your study basically in response to this third way study, the red state murder problem, saying, wait a minute, hold your horses? Because uh, this third way study, uh, according to a, a study in Fo- uh, an article in Fox News, says that it has been quoted in The Washington Post, The San Francisco Examiner, NBC News, uh, any lo- liberal publication that uh, wanted to propagate these numbers, they grabbed a hold of this third way study. Was that why you responded in such a way with your study yeah yeah i mean theirs isn't a study by the way either it's a 15 15 page paper that they published in march but the left uh and mainstream liberal media have picked up on it and of course what's really behind this is they're trying to flip the political narrative to convince people uh that actually it's republicans are not the law and order people it's the democrats who are the law and order people because they realize that they're Many Democratic politicians are vulnerable because of the rising crime rates in, in many cities. And right. So they're just trying to engage in political jujitsu here. And we know, because I'm a prosecutor at the local, state, and federal level, and my colleague who helped write the paper was a prosecutor at the federal level, that crime and violent crime in particular is geographically uh, um, concentrated. And it's also demographically concentrated, and it's almost always in big cities. And so we thought that this notion that there's a state murder rate, we knew it had no, it meant nothing. And so we wanted to look at their so-called study, and we published our our actual study with a statistician uh, and looked at actual crime rates where it matters in the cities. And of course, lo and behold, you know, the top 30 cities with the highest murder rates, 27 of the 30 are run by Democrats. Half of those have Soros bought and paid for rogue prosecutors accounting for 78% of the murders in those cities. And so, you know, this facts are stubborn things, which we wrote about in our paper, and these are the facts. So there is no political cotton to what they're saying. When did Soros really actively begin to try to get these uh, prosecutors uh, in into office and uh, the cause and effect uh, of them getting into office, how immediate was that at, related to seeing the spike of violent crimes? Yeah, it's a good question. Zach Smith and I, my co-author, have a book coming out in March on this very topic about uh, rogue prosecutors. Uh, bought and paid for by George Soros. The first rogue prosecutor he funded nationally was Kim Fox in Chicago in 2015. 
And when she displaced uh, or replaced, um, beat a Democrat incumbent female Latina who was the sitting DA in Chicago called the state's attorney, uh, they realized that they could take their program nationally. So then you see other Soros bought paid for rogue prosecutors like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, George Gaskin in L.A., Chester Boudin in San Francisco, who was just recalled, uh, Kim Gardner in, in St. Louis, uh, Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, who was just right. uh, lost her primary, Rachel Rollins up in Boston, and a handful of others. And, um, you know, the, the pathetic thing about these races is, um, you know, these are races where Soros money, or the money he filters through his PACs, pays for sometimes 70, 80% of the money that they raise in the race and spend. Uh, and so they are literally buying offices. And yeah. they realize that DA races, 300 DAs, uh, elected DAs in the country, are usually low visibility and low dollar affairs when it comes to the election. So he can, with a small amount of money, uh, really influence who your DA is. And since the DA is the gatekeeper to the criminal justice system, he decides who and who does not get prosecuted, they can reverse engineer the criminal justice system, which is their goal. Well, explain his goal to me. Why do they want to reverse it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's perverted. Uh, it's twisted. So sit down to make sure you can understand what I'm trying to say they're saying. I'll try my best. Yeah, they operate under two fundamental beliefs. One, that the entire criminal justice system is systemically racist. Of course, it's not. Uh, and two, that the only way to change that uh, is to, quote, fundamentally reverse engineer and dismantle, unquote, the criminal justice system. Those are their words, not ours. And, of course, we have an adversarial criminal justice system. I was a defense lawyer. I loved it. I was a prosecutor. I loved it. I was a judge, and I loved it. But we rely on a zealous, aggressive, ethical prosecutor going head-to-head with a zealous, ethical, aggressive defense attorney and a neutral, detached judge to get to the truth of the matter. Well, they're replacing prosecutors with essentially public defenders with power. And that destroys the adversarial nature of the criminal justice system. So every single one of these Soros bought and paid for rogue prosecutors are pro-criminal. They're anti-victim. They see the police as the, the criminal and they ignore real victims. And every single one of their policies, which we've been writing about at Heritage.org two years, inure to the benefit of the criminal. Not one inures to the benefit of real victims. And that's a tragedy. And it has resulted in the deaths of tens of thousands of black and brown people in the inner cities. And that's the real tragedy. But, but again, what is, the, what is their bottom line? I mean, I understand they want chaos. But why, why would they want these people dead? Why would they want... To, to have law and order destroyed and uh, mayhem be the rule of the day. You know, I can't get inside the head of Soros or Harry Tuna or Moskowitz, who are the big billionaire uh, funders of these rogue prosecutor packs or races. Um, but I think it's sort of a modern, a, a form of modern day reparations in their mind. They think, even though everyone knows that. 85% plus of people who are actually in prison are there for violent crime and that there is, I'm sorry, a, a problem with violent crime in the black community. There just is. That's empirically true. That, by yeah, But the biggest victims people, are, are, are in the black community as right. well. Yeah. Right. And, that, and, that's, and that's the sick irony of this movement. 
they pretend that their policies are, you know, reimagining uh, prosecution and reimagining criminal justice uh, and that it's not linked to or directly causing the rise in crime. It is, in fact, doing that. Uh, and they're ignoring the fact that their policies uh, directly contribute to the deaths of tens of thousands, deaths, rapes, shootings, burglaries, assaults, carjacking of tens of thousands of victims who wouldn't be victims had they just been real prosecutors instead of rogue prosecutors. Have you seen any of these prosecutors or anyone that has been propagating this ideology uh, wake up and say, oops, you know, I might have had good intentions, but I suddenly realized I'm looking at the actual statistics and this is a this is a total disaster. No, they're not allowed to do that because they're bought and paid for and yeah. they have to use the talking points provided by fair and just prosecution and these other front groups for Soros. Uh, and so the quid pro quo is we buy you into office and you mouth our talking points. How many and of so them are there? Do that. How many of them are there, the Soros prosecutors across the nation? So several dozen. Remember, there's 2,300 elected DAs around the country, but they're in huge cities. Uh, so in addition to the eight that I mentioned before, you have John Cruzot, Dallas. Uh, you have um, three in Virginia, uh, Steve Descano in Fairfax County, one in Arlington County, one in Loudoun County. Uh, you have Glenn Funk in, in Nashville. Um, and, and, you know, they're not going to stop at the big cities. They've tried to knock off the San Diego DA, Summer Stephan, twice by running a rogue prosecutor, but she has defeated them twice. That's that's one of the gets they want to that one of the offices they want. Um, and so they're not going to stop. Uh, they're spending tens of millions of dollars. I think the number, to the best of our recollection, is around 45 or 50 of these okay. around the country. But these are 70% of the population in the United States wow. uh, in those 75 cities. So we're, it's, it's a they're significant yeah. problem. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how many of them are up for re-election in the next Tuesday? And uh, you said one, was it in Boston, lost her primary? No, the one who lost her primary, thank God, was Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore. Oh, that's right, in Baltimore. Um, right, right. Yeah, Rachel Rollins, uh, who listed on her website 15 crimes you can commit in Boston, including breaking and entering, <laughs> and <laughs> possession with a distribute any drug, was nominated by president biden to be the u.s attorney for the entire state of massachusetts and the senate confirmed her with the tie-breaking rope of the vice president so she's now the federal prosecutor for all of massachusetts wow wow oh yeah yep. you, you mentioned in the article uh under crime trends until recently crime including violent crime has been declining across the united states since the peak of the last crime wave in 1992 not surprisingly since incarceration trails crime waves incarceration rates have also been falling dramatically since they last peaked in 2008 that does not follow the narrative you hear coming from the liberals they keep telling no, us how it's um, it's packed and it's it's getting worse and 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 uh, you know it's 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 the as you said earlier the prime example of systemic racism. Yeah, um, look, uh, less than one percent of people are in state prison for possession of marijuana, despite the narrative that we're just locking up black people for marijuana. Less than one percent, and the amount of marijuana they had in their possession was several hundred pounds. So these are distributors, okay? Right, right, right. Uh, the vast majority of people who are in prison are in prison for violent crimes, rape, murder, aggravated assault, armed robbery, etc. Those are Bureau of Justice statistics. Those aren't Stimson and Smith's 
statistics. But secondly, um, I think there's a strong argument to be made, which we make in our book, uh, and Barry Latzer makes in his book, The Myth of, Myth of Overpunishment, that we're not incarcerating enough people in prison. Hmm. Only 50% of the homicides around the country are solved. 6% of rapes are solved. About 7 or 8% of burglaries and robberies are solved. So that means you have a bunch of people who are murderers, rapists, burglars, robbers, carjackers, who get away with it. Now, I don't know any people who think a murderer should run free. So that means that half of the murderers out there, if they're not in jail on something else, are running around in our community. And I think any normal person with half a brain is going to say every rapist should go to prison for some period of time. Every murderer should. Every armed robber, every violent criminal should go to prison for some period of time. So this idea, this myth that we have mass incarceration may have been true in 93, 4, 5 when the incarceration rates rose up. But what are you going to do with them? The ACLU and the rest of them, they want to have, in other words, cut in half the amount of people in prison. Well, when since 80% of them are in prison for violent crimes, what do you do with them? Give them a lollipop yeah. and, and tell them not to commit a crime again? No. We have a crime problem in our country, especially compared to our uh, brothers and sisters in Europe, and we have to deal with the underlying causes of crime, lack of a two-parent household, Bingo. work ethic, faith, all the stuff that's a lot harder to do than just trot out these old-tested uh, feel-good words like mass incarceration and that sort of thing. We're talking to uh, Cully Stimson. He's one of the authors of the Heritage Foundation study, The Blue City Murder Problem. It was released to, I guess it was just released today, wasn't it? Was it was it? this morning, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, well, how has the uh, open borders affected uh, the whole crime deal? Uh, it's a big problem. Uh, it's a big problem because, unfortunately, the number one killer in America today is fentanyl. And fentanyl is pouring through uh, the southern border, uh, and the administration knows it. Everyone knows it, and they're doing nothing about it. Uh, and when you have an illicit drug that is as powerful as fentanyl, much, you know, dozens and dozens of times more powerful than heroin, um, you know, every state essentially you've heard is border state now because right. you have the effects of an open border uh, affecting in a cancerous way every little community. I'm here in the eastern shore of Maryland right now, where I happen to be doing a work project. And uh, I see on the the billboard in front of the Wicomico County Sheriff's Office, the number of overdose deaths just this year and just this month. And it's a significant number. And this is a small county in Maryland. This county is no different than the 3,142 other counties around this country. And so we got to get serious about border security. Um, And so this administration has been uh, essentially a co-conspirator with those who are the part of the open border crowd and the cartels to let this number of people across the border. Yeah, it's uh, it it is it is tragic. And uh, if we don't get serious about it and if if the federal government doesn't get serious about uh, closing that border, it's just going to continue to get worse. Uh, Cully Stimson, thanks for joining us. And now, how can people get a hold of your study, The Blue City Murder Problem? Is it available at Heritage.com? 
Oh, yeah. Well, no, heritage.org. Heritage.org, uh, thank you. It's on the page at heritage.org. It's also uh, listed as an exclusive on foxnews.com, uh, where they cross-reference it. And you can go on any of our social media sites, because apparently it's getting a lot of play in social media, because facts are stubborn things, and lefties yeah. don't like the political rug being pulled out from under them when they're lying, and they get caught lying. Uh, and your book coming out next spring is called again? Yeah, it's going to be called Rogue Prosecutors, how Soros bought and paid for prosecutors are pro-criminal and anti-victim. And it'll be coming out in March uh, by Bombardier Books. It'll be available in all stores around the country. Uh, By the way, just before I let you go, do do you think George Soros and this philosophy of putting all these prosecutors, have they overplayed their hand? Is it beginning to backfire? Are the people beginning to wake up? I hope so. Uh, I think so. Uh, you saw the liberal voters in San Francisco, 94% are registered Democrats, oust Tessa Boudin. You see the Pennsylvania House now imp- imp- trying to impeach Larry Krasner. You saw Governor DeSantis uh, remove Andrew Warren, who's a bought and paid for rogue prosecutor. You saw uh, homicides went up by a third, so did rapes in Baltimore when Marilyn Mosby came into office and now she lost her primary. So I think the shine is coming off this movement. We're exposing them for what they are. We're proud that we coined the term rogue prosecutors. Don't ever call them progressive because there's nothing progressive about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the shine is coming off them because, because you know what? You know who really wants law and order in their neighborhood? The, the people who live in those. Exactly. Exactly. Right. 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 They want cops who they trust, who they know, who look like them, but who enforce the law. Because right. everyone knows in a neighborhood who the criminals are and what they're up to. Um, and so, yeah, I think the shine is coming off this movement. we got to keep pushing until we grind them into the dustbin of history. Amen. Well, they don't get much more liberal than the folks in Baltimore. And if they ousted Marilyn Mosby, uh, that's that's a great sign. I grew up in Baltimore, so <laughs> I know how liberal they are. But uh, listen, even, even liberals want law and order, especially when violence is right outside their doorstep. Well, Can let I... me leave you with this thought. Yes. Uh, look, I don't think this is a liberal or conservative thing for the most part for the voters. This is a law and order versus chaos. Right. And so that's why people of common sense in San Francisco gave Chesa Boudin the boot. That's why people of common sense in Baltimore gave Marilyn Mosby the boot. And that's why the American people are going to speak very loud and clear on Tuesday, regardless of party affiliation, and give these sort of uh, radicals the boot. And let's hope so. Let's pray so. And let's get out there and vote so. Cully Stimson, thanks for, uh, thanks for shining the spotlight on this. Thanks for the work you do. And thanks for all the folks up at the uh, Heritage Foundation. Great work. Do appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, Cully. Stay with us. I'll be right back.